Welcome to The Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald. This week, a copy of the live recording from my presentation at the Sustainable Living Festival. It was called From Peak Oil to Peak Monopoly. All right, imagine a PowerPoint playing alongside this. You can download it via the show notes at earthsharing.org.au. So uh, I'm looking today to uh, take us through this this crazy dichotomy we have where we have all of this abundance of nature surrounding us, but we have neighbouring scarcities. And it's about how do we direct our energies? Are we going to be worried about those scarcities or are we going to do something about all of the abundance that prevails so you just have to look at our beautiful antarctica which i must it must be melting at a record pace with this uh, mild summer we're we're facing so uh, as a cyclist i feel there's more southerly winds coming through uh, these days and who knows what we're going to find out there but there's all sorts of land grabbing going on at the moment Uh, there was an article in bloomberg the world's one trillion dollar ocean and the concept was imagine if you woke up and they presented you with a one trillion dollar ocean well that's what's happening in the north pole who knows what's happening down here in the south in terms of some of the land grabbing that's going on there so the same sort of principles that led to uh, a dominion over nature and the earth and the conquest of aboriginal people flows through to the sort of modern day pressures we face trying to uh, live off two minute noodles as we pay exorbitant rents wherever we live uh, here in Melbourne. So let's tie um, a knot between uh, those two paths and start off by investigating some of the interesting little uh, plans, uh, little developments in um, mankind's thinking process. So uh, this guy, Thomas Melthus, was really, really popular and he's still incredibly popular in environmental movements. He's well known for his concerns about population growth rates. Now, um, he uh, had this concern that the arithmetic growth in population was greater than the geometric potential of the Earth. And uh, he uh, was championed by the establishment. He was, a, you know, a real inside man when it came to uh, the English aristocracy, and he was held up on a pedestal. So timing is everything. And his major work, the essay on the principle of population, was released uh, in 1798. Now, this was an extremely interesting time here on planet Earth because uh, this business was going on, the French Revolution. Imagine if Occupy Melbourne had taken over the city, like it almost seemed was going to happen at one stage. It was amazing. But, uh, you know, this was going on. And the aristocrats were scared shitless that just a couple of hundred kilometres away, their, uh, their friends, their brethren, were have, facing the guillotine. 
This period, 1789 to 1799, 10 years of this business going on. And uh, look at the date that this uh, document was released, 1798. So uh, he basically was championed because uh, his whole theory of population growth being the biggest biggest issue on the planet was a really savvy way to uh, turn people's thinking away from this inequality and all this unjustness and turn it around to say hey you're having too many kids you're not washing your hands that's why you're getting sick uh, all of these sort of uh, uh, easy cop-outs were possible for the wealthy to be able to say look it's nothing to do with uh, our health or education system it's all to do with the fact that you're having too many kids so it's your fault and so when you imagine um, you're colonizing the planet at the time uh, whilst you're worried about the French Revolution going on it's quite easy to be able to uh, uh, blame those populations in Africa it's your problem you're having too many kids now this whole statement that uh, the earth couldn't provide for population was uh, uh, pretty well prefaced in the first chapter of Malthus's book saying look this is unsubstantiated, it's unscientific but it was a great scramble to get this book out to try and divert people away from looking at how much easy money the royals had. Uh, you know, still today, there's 0.01% of England's owned by what percentage? You know, how much do they own? Some 60 odd percent. It's crazy in London. So uh, it, the similar trends have evolved around the world. Now, talking about population growth, I don't know if you can see it, but up the top here, this is the world's population density according to Paris. Down below it, this is New York. So imagine if we lived at the same density of Paris, we could fit in, you know, uh, that's not even the state of Texas. If we, if we were the uh, density of New York, the world's population could fit in Texas. Like seriously, that's how big this planet is. And we're conned into believing there's nowhere to live. There's no way to look after ourselves. This is crazy. You know, like uh, this has been disputed for hundreds of years and disproven time and time again. But because it's the low hanging fruit, the easiest intellectual argument to to grab onto, uh, it, you know, I got it gets pride of place, including at festivals like this, I must add. So this great diversion plan has really helped disarm the left from analysing what's really going on in this planet. And it comes back to this concept of abundance or scarcity. Where do we sit? And all the way through the various economic levers, uh, the same trend comes through whether you like it or not. So we're going to speed through this and I ask you, what's next? privatizing the shade you'll see our uh, little postcard there is that the next monopoly uh, frontier 10 years ago we laughed about buying oxygen well we're now you know there's more and more chatter about oxygen shortages we've got the ocean about to uh, pack it in all of uh, that plankton on the edge uh, you know what about shade 
I've been here at the SLF before and seen people run from tree to tree in 27 degree weather because their skin is boiling. I kind of feel like this summer, whenever it gets over 32 degrees, uh, it's kind of like, uh, wow, is this the last summer of direct sunlight? I don't want to be in the sun, do you? Someone's going to try and make money off this. A few years ago, we had this, rent our shade, as mad as buying or selling the earth. Comes back to this principle of the commons. We all deserve somewhere to live. We all deserve uh, you know, some understanding of, of what this advantage gives people when they own the earth. That's the key point we're talking about. Anyone who owns the earth has a huge advantage over those trying to run a business or earn a wage. And unfortunately, our tax system encourages exactly those advantages. Now, here we go. We, now we've set that up. Let's get into the detail of getting beyond peak oil to peak monopoly. And so a lot of these concerns sit with this issue of patenting, patenting ideas, patenting language. It's, it's just out of hand what's going on in terms of our ability to change. And doing research for this talk, I couldn't believe it that um, Apple, you know, that. There's over 100,000 patents on this phone, at least. They've even painted in the color black and white on a phone. iPads, the curved corners are patented. You know, everything is protected. Now, if you read Joseph Stiglitz, who I strongly encourage you to, if you want to get your head around these sort of stories, he talks about how people are encouraged uh, studying MBAs they learn how to erect barriers around their business so competition won't step on in and undermine their profit seeking. So this barrier to entry has become one of the elite businessmen's uh, uh, tools of the trade these days. And what I'm saying is that you remember back to uh, who killed the electric car years ago. You know, now that was what, 15, 20 odd years ago. All of these, uh, you know, the, the light bulb, the 100-year light bulb, there's the ladderless stockings. Uh, there's so many patents out there, and uh, beyond patenting, there is uh, the power of government to outlaw certain activities and products, and one of those products could well be the, the saviour of mankind, hemp. And there's so many things that can be done with hemp. And if you look into the history of how hemp was outlawed, DuPont had a big say in that. And that was uh, so damaging for the environment when you consider we could basically build our cars and run them all off the one plant, let alone some of the amazing technology that's out there. So instead of patenting, it's much fairer to, uh, to copyright things. Copyright should be something that lasts about one generation, 14 odd years or so. But it keeps expanding and expanding. And the, the uh, most famous one, if anyone's seen a film called Remix Culture, is uh, about Disney and how they hijacked uh, Mickey Mouse. They didn't even create Mickey Mouse. They basically stole it. And now they're extending the, um, the copyright to that for another 125 years. It's gone from 14 years originally 
back when Thomas Paine and Jefferson and so forth were championing it to 75 years and I think it's gone out another level now. So if you just imagine all the different areas where you know we have this technological nous, uh, it, it's we, we have so much potential. And uh, one of the most exciting things that's happening as a um, workaround to this is the online commons. And the uh, instead of copyright, uh, there's this movement of copy left and the creative commons. And a guy named Lawrence Lessig in uh, New York, a, a, a professor, a law professor, he, he ran for uh, a presidency um, late last year and bowed out after uh, uh, blowing his $400,000 he had. He didn't have the, the four million, 40 million or whatever you need to run for president anymore. But um, this, uh, th that happened 20 odd years ago and the online community now is doing so much work together through um, processes such as uh, 3D printing, for example where uh, you can download. There's a guy, a friend of ours here uh, comes to the SLF. He brings along whatever he's printed this year. And one year he brought a, um, the bottom to his fridge, the bit that holds the milk cartons in, that had broken. He downloaded it and printed it. Um, and it cost him $1.50 rather than having to buy it from the big box stores or wherever at $80. So those little developments and, you know, the community working together really shines a light on the current system where it's all about uh, controlling every aspect of the production process. You've got one um, media hungry president, CEO, reckons he knows everything and it's his way or the highway. Well, imagine how much inefficiency that leads to in the production process. So it's uh, uh, refreshing to see groups such as um, uh, Tesla, who have their, one of their cars on show here at Fed Square, able to make their incredible technology open source. And so all sorts of engineers out there are looking at this um, technology and going, well, hang on a minute, maybe you could improve this bit. And bang, there's another 10% uh, energy efficiency that's been created. So the checks and balances are greater in the commons. And this online community is just uh, uh, so powerful. So, you know, everyone's been worried about peak oil, but look what's happened. Shale has um, really turned things around where the price of oil now, you see it on the nightly news, is $25 US at the moment, down from $140 a barrel. And uh, the graph on uh, ABC News last night was, was, didn't quite have uh, the oil barons of Texas crying in the background, but it should have, because they've lost uh, you know, $160 billion a year for the last four or five years. So uh, it, it's staggering um, the change that's occurring. And, and backing this up is all of these electric cars that have fi found ways to reinvent the technology that the the EV1 had uh, 15, 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, imagine if we had hemp, imagine, you know, uh, these third generation solar cells that are coming out now that um, are gonna be paint on. Paint on your Tesla car will be another five years. Uh, you know, there is so much potential to this planet. We, we shouldn't give up on it. So yes, as you can probably guess, I'm a, I'm a fan of Tesla. They announced yesterday their $35,000 US 
SUV is coming out um, uh, late next, well, late this year perhaps. So um, they're going to uh, really shake things up and that's going to be great for our green gilt, isn't it? Whenever we go for a, a drive somewhere. So, uh, you know, in talking about the bounty of the earth, um, this is something that goes on in uh, my, our family uh, backyard. We uh, run a community nursery called Power Plants based in uh, Braybrook, West Footscray. And uh, basically, Sundays we have a few beers, get people around, and we, um, we, we plant seeds and transplant and chat about all these sort of things. And uh, lo and behold, after about 90 minutes, two hours, we can produce 500 seedlings in, in one afternoon. That's what we did with seven people the other week. So uh, we sell these for a dollar each and we produce this um, in the space of a spare driveway. So you might have seen a video recently of a shipping container. They produce uh, as much as two acres in a shipping container using the latest aquaponics type technology. So there's no way we're gonna run out of food. Uh, there's no way that we're gonna run out of kale. Did anyone see that a year or two ago? There's a kale emergency. There's gonna be no kale. God, what's happening? All these hipsters, they're eating all the kale. We're gonna die. And it's like, hang on a minute. One kale uh, plant can produce about 500 seeds. One. So let's plant 20 kale plants and there's enough for our suburb. You know, so if every suburb was doing this, which you know, I can see happening in years to come, it'd be great to be able to meet our neighbors this way, wouldn't it? God knows who lives in my community. Still, after uh, three years of doing this, this is what we do at the front of our house. Um, and all sorts of people roll up. It's, uh, it's, it's a great way to meet people. So is that freedom? having access to land, being able to produce things, being able to share them with the community, share this bounty. Um, and you know, I'm just so lucky that I inherited a small amount of money to give me that $60,000 deposit to buy my house. But I wonder how the heck I, I would, where would I be if uh, my mum hadn't left that to me? Because look at this stuff. You're worried about this? Well, according to Savills in a new uh, report called uh, Around the World in Dollars and Cents, uh, foreign investment, which was euphemized as cross-border trading, was up 334% in six years. The commodification of the earth is at unprecedented levels and we're all feeling it when we look around our homes and wonder, how on earth can we keep up with the Joneses? And you probably all know someone who got in on the real estate game, the land game, and they're making an absolute killing. So this is the report, trends in international real estate trading. Uh, you know, buying and selling real estate from your uh, iPhone, sitting in a hammock on the shores of your favorite tax haven is uh, you know, the, the pastime of uh, those in the know, isn't it? That's what they do. So a few weeks ago, we had uh, good old Davos on. Everyone was up in arms about global tax evasion. $240 billion, goddammit. 
Well, I just got to tell you that last year, well, the 2014-2015 year, the value of Australian land went up $525 billion. So we've got all this talk about budget deficits. There's no way to pay for anything. We've got to tax the food. We've got to tax the medicine. That's the only way we can pay for it. Meanwhile, these aristocrats are laughing that no one is looking at this. The value of real estate went up $525 billion. The year before that was $340 billion. Guess how much money it costs to fund government at the local, state and federal level? $500 billion. So I work for an NGO called Prosper Australia. We have a green, green arm called Earth Sharing Australia. And uh, we've been, we're, this year we're having our 125th annual dinner. So uh, we, we, we talk about this stuff based on really strong economic theory. And uh, dare I say it, it's absolutely crazy, but uh, Malcolm Turnbull and particularly his wife are big supporters of this, well, they're closet supporters maybe I should say, of this whole philosophy. So I'll move towards that. This is a woman I met in Detroit last year, um, Maureen Taylor. She heads up the Michigan Welfare Rights Organization. And whilst the breathing in Detroit has got easier because of the aging industry and uh, the shutdown of their car manufacturing industry, um, the world of privatization has seen the uh, water in neighbouring Flint be privatised. So uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, what's happening in Flint, Michigan. It's just like 50 k's away from Detroit. About a dozen people have died because the emergency management who came into power in Detroit said, look, we're just going to privatise this. We can't afford this goddamn stuff. So uh, that's uh, what's happening is people are dying because they can't afford decent water because there's no way to run government anymore because basically uh, we've commodified the goddamn planet. So uh, I was there speaking at a conference and I was horrified to hear that uh, this you know, property um, investment culture that's just uh, storming our TV sets every, every single week uh, is at the, the stage where you can buy a house in Detroit for $100,000, dollars $5,000, somewhere in that sort of realm, and uh, sit on it. And so, same thing that's happening all around the world. Global elites are using Google Earth to spy on what's happening in these communities. They're seeing there's a new community garden. Oh, great, there's a hospital that's been renovated. Awesome. I'm going to buy some land there, and why don't I just spend four grand and buy eight blocks of land because guess what in about another 20 years southern america is going to be in in his hospitable you won't be able to live there california is drying up with water you're seeing the stories there and so where's everyone going to have to move up to detroit around lake michigan where there's all that beautiful fresh water so these are the games the uber elite have played for so long now and we keep screaming wow we try not to scream we try and stay rational um, and try and encourage people to understand economic um, dis-ease you know i always say economist he cons with mist 
And what's missed? About seven stages more subtle than a snow job. And that's what's happening to us. And it's just carnage when you think that uh, we're paying some 40 odd percent in income tax, 10% in GST. Those that gets added to the pricing system so that our prices are about 20% more expensive than, than, than they have to be. So we have the next generation of property um, sharks coming along. Doesn't this guy look like the sort of dude you want to hang out with? Well, these guys are laughing at us. They are laughing so solidly on the fact that people still believe that peak oil and, you know, basically the world's going to fall apart because uh, as more and more scarcity occurs in these locations, the land values in Detroit are going to keep jacking up through the roof. And so that was the presentation at the Sustainable Living Festival Beyond Peak Oil to Peak Monopoly, presented on the 12th of February 2016 to about 30-odd people. Goodness me, I wish it was 30 million people because that's how many people need to be getting their head around this big, big story. And just in summary, I had to cut off the last 20 minutes of the talk, but uh, there was a conclusion. And if you didn't guess, I'm talking about this need to, for the left in particular, to stop being disarmed by the supposed scarcity of life on Earth and to look at the incredible bounty of the planet and the potential possible when we have a system that focuses on distribution. And when that distribution zeroes in on the legal privilege of those who have dominion over the Earth, a greater fairness can result and such a tax system would recognize the, the various advantages of land ownership, patent ownership, or really, uh, as I suggested, uh, the preferred copyright ownership and resource ownership. And through this basis, it would discourage the commodification of the earth and help us morph towards a system of custodianship over this planet. How can we be stewards of it? It's not something to make easy money off. And when that happens, the economy will naturally slow down to the ebbs and flows of both nature and the values the community places on their interaction with it. Accompanying this, the pace of the Joneses will also slow down and from that the envy of wants can be replaced by a more holistic relationship that's uh, more closely aligned to, our, to realistic needs. So peak oil and the associated peak scarcities are a diversion plan that Melthus was conveniently encouraged to um, profess upon the world and that's something that we need to look past. And if you ask me, I'm confident the teachings of Henry George, Adam Smith and other classical economists went beyond such surface issues and towards the depths of the causes to this inequality, uh, to the, the climate-related issues, to so many aspects. And it's this double dividend. It, it's beyond a double dividend that this sort of tax reform can do. It can give dozens of benefits to society simultaneously by not only raising revenue but encouraging good behaviour whenever it comes to our dear planet. 
or the natural monopolies that are allowed to occur on it. Lastly, um, please remember to sign our negative gearing petition. Yes, we're up over 500 signatories. It went crazy over the weekend. So uh, please go to our uh, earth sharing website. You'll find a link to it also on, from the prosper.org.au website. Links there. I'd love there to be 10,000 signatories to this so we can present it to Malcolm Turnbull, to Bill Shorten, to give them the confidence that we the people are very worried about our place on this planet and why this first come first serve mentality seems to dominate decision making thanks very much i look forward to hearing stories of how you've shared this show with your community get in touch via renegades at earthsharing.org.au 